Welcome to The Unstoppable Singer. I'm your host, Danielle Tucker, a professional vocalist, vocal coach, and a lead singer of the Mighty Untouchables Band. I'm also the producer and host of the Pandemic Proof Singer Summit and The Unstoppable Singer. The Unstoppable Singer follows the lives of real professional singers who've made incredible achievements in their lives and careers. We cover everything from voice work, making money, booking gigs, songwriting, recording, session work, and more. If you haven't yet, hit that subscribe button so you never miss another podcast. Now on with the show. I'm going to go ahead and introduce my fabulous guest tonight. It is singer-songwriter Sarah Mann. Sarah has forged a career in music with her velvety and effortless voice, natural talent on piano, and acoustic guitar. Uh, In addition to releasing several albums and EPs over the span of two decades, Sarah made her Broadway debut in Saturday Night Fever in 2001. Uh, Sarah recently recorded solo and group vocals for Beauty and the Beast, a 30th celebration with her and Josh Groban. Uh, She also performed at the Hollywood Bowl in Beauty and the Beast Live and La La Land Live and the LA Forum in Game of Thrones Live. Um, She's also been a featured singer um, and background singer for Miley Cyrus, Harry Belafonte, Willie Nelson, Leonard Cohen, she and him, Chris Stapleton, Sheryl Crow, Alison Krauss, Brian Setzer, Casey Musgraves, and more. Her voice has also graced many movie soundtracks and television shows. There are so many to mention. I will ask her in detail to share those with us. But without further ado, here's Sarah. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for joining us. It's awesome to have you here tonight. It's um, it's awkward to hear your own bio when you're like, oh no. I know. Like, who's she talking about? <laughs> and I and I'm like, well, I play electric guitar too. So maybe I should change that because you know, I also play clarinet. Not that Ooh, awesome. Not that anybody ever needs that. But you so many talents. <laughs> so many talents. And I also see on Instagram that you are a mompreneur and a, a retired restaurateur. Is that yes. how you say restaurateur? Restaurateur, yes. So I, so tell me about that. I well, I um I have two daughters. I have two stepdaughters also, my bonus daughters. Yay. So there's four uh currently in the house. And uh, I, with my ex-husband, and I opened two restaurants, three, well, gosh, we've opened four uh, in the span of our marriage um, together. And one of them is Sweet Salt, which is in Toluca Lake, uh, which is still open. The other one is called Costco Bell, which is also in Toluca Lake. I put retired on there because I'm not really a part of them anymore. Emotionally, I am, yes. I am still attached. They were my babies. Um, before I had real babies, but, yes. um, but yeah, so those, those were, those were like a side hustle situation. He was, he's a chef and, uh, we did that together. Yeah. That's exciting. Will you, so then you really truly are an entrepreneur then I see. I, I mean, that part of my world. Yes, definitely. And in, investing in something like that and taking over, that was a big risk, the restaurant stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. Very scary. but I like food. So that was you know, and I, I, I saw um, there was an uh, an absence of kind of like fast, fresh food in Toluca Lake where we were in 2000. There was just really nothing there. There was a Bob's Big Boy. There was mm-hmm. a um, 
a couple like a Marie Callender's, but there was no, you know, sweet green didn't exist yet. Those kind of like fast salady places. And so yeah. we were like, this is what this neighborhood needs. And so we just figured it out and we opened up there. And yeah. It, I love that. Yeah. Well, there's nothing like uh, being able to grow something, build something and make money off of something that you're passionate about. I love that. And it, it's, you know, whether you are in the music world exclusively or you have business in other industries, it's always really fun to see kind of how you meld one into the other and what you take from the other field into the other field. So, right. Well, we called it the house that Miley built the right. We called sweet salt, the house that Miley built because I was on tour. Okay. While we were opening that restaurant. So I would be on the tour bus with like picking up paint colors and logo and, and like showing the guys in the band and being like, do you like this logo or this logo? And they'd be like, no, we don't like that one. It was very collaborative with the Miley band at the time. Um, and I was just also in this, like, what am I doing right now? Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I'm going to go sing for 20,000 people. But like, meanwhile, I'm like, about gray what if what if we do like a hot pink t-shirt you know just the stupid stuff but so he, alex was back home doing building it yeah. and i was sending the paychecks home and he was taking those and like buying you know lumber or whatever you know he was he was the, he, like he was building it while i was you know making the the bread basically so it was it was the house that miley built for sure Ooh. and then she could come in like once it finally opened she came in and like the paparazzi followed her and we were like, yes, you know, yes. <laughs> would come because Miley was coming in there and eating and we were like, yay, that's great. You yeah. Know? Oh, that's incredible. I love that story. And, and I love the hustle behind that. I mean, yeah. that, that's amazing to be, you know, wearing two hats like that at once. I mean, being on tour is I'm sure busy enough life as it is, but throw in, um, building business as well back home. It was exciting. It was yeah. a lot. It was fun. That's great. Well, as we heard at the beginning from your um, introduction, you have had a really big career in music and it, and uh, and you continue to do so. Um, why don't you give us kind of a, re a recap of 2022 and tell us how 2023 is starting out for you? 2022. I feel like like literally March of 2020 up until I don't even know when is like one one big yes year like it's really hard for me to go oh 2022 yeah. is this like it just yeah. feels like this this big ball of like that big covid ball is that's just what i um that's what it looks like yes yeah I get it. <laughs> okay let's see on new years of 20 like when we had new years of turning into 2022 i got covid for the first time so oh. i'm like going all the way that was when that happened um but it was like a great time to get COVID because mm -hmm. nothing was going on. We were just, you know, everybody was like, it was holidays. So it felt kind of, you know, like, no, there was no work anyway. Um, I went on tour in June with she and him. That was the first back, like we're going back out on the road and we're going to test three times a day. And uh, that was fantastic. We had an audience. We did, um, mostly outdoor performances like um i'm trying to think of where we were uh like just outside venues and stuff it was really beautiful and it was nice to finally be back out because we didn't do it the before before you know the year before mm -hmm. um, 
So that was really cool. And you know, a little scary, you sleeping on a tour bus and you're like, you know, like who's, what if somebody's close quarters? He's, yeah. yeah, he's sneezing and we're all sharing air. And, but that's why we were testing so much. So, and plus yeah. I had COVID. So I was like, whatever at, the, yeah. at that point. Um, I, I did some touring. I did some live stuff. I did some sessions in person back in, in a real recording studio, which was fantastic. Um, I think I, I, I'm, I'm kind of at a point in my life and, and I want to say the pandemic also helped that where I started to focus just more, even more on my kids mm -hmm. and, and they are at an age where they are really into voiceover and, and they're singing and piano lessons and, and softball. And so I'm just sort of spending a lot of time. It's not as much about my career right now as it mm -hmm. feels like I'm just like raising them. And, you know, I'm also a newlywed really. I've been, well, we've been married four years, but I'm, I'm still kind yeah. of, where I'm like feeding everyone and making sure everybody's happy. And we remodeled our kitchen and, you know, so yeah. I'm, I'm a, it was a it was a great year, I think, last year compared mm -hmm. to the two before. But yeah, well, that's awesome. Well, congratulations on all of that, and that's really interesting that um, your daughters are into voiceover. Are they singers too? Well, yes. Um, I say voiceover because they've got they got a couple voiceover auditions, and uh, they did a really good job. And then from there, I have a voiceover agent who was like you should send their stuff to the children's departments. And then I got them a voiceover agent and now they get audits. So now I'm sitting at home and I'm like self-recording them too. I'm like their engineer. Um, they, they just like it. It's fun for them. They get to sit and they do sing to answer your question. One of them um, sings, one is like really into softball. She's a great catcher player. She's been doing it forever. Um, the other one is more is takes a little bit more after me piano. Mm -hmm. uh, singing just, you know, in the back of the car harmonizing and stuff. And the other one's not so much, doesn't, you know, yeah. it's yeah. cute. It's interesting. So I'm like, I told her, I'm like, please do not become a singer. I was like, <laughs> I don't want any, be a lawyer, be a doctor, be an architect. I don't care. Be a veterinarian. Do not follow mommy's footsteps. <laughs> and why do you say that? I don't know. I think it's, um, and I look, it, it's, it's, I'll, I'll tell you, honestly, when I was a kid, I wanted to be like Debbie Gibson, Madonna on Broadway. Then older, I wanted to be Alanis Morissette. And I wanted to be, you know, every, every, the fame, the, the money, like that was what I was going after the star. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then as you get older, you realize like really what is, is the, um, it's not really as much about the fame. It's about, can you make a living doing all of these things? Mm -hmm. And are you happy? Yeah, and so now I'm, I just don't know. I think it's, it was a hard path to, mm -hmm. to follow. You know, I think there's, like I said, there's always the side hustle. I was a receptionist at, for thousands of different places and, and a first assistant and a second assistant. And I played at bagels and I worked at this recording studio and that, you know, and I, it, it was just a hard journey. It still is a hard journey, mm -hmm. but I don't wish that pounding the pavement um, lifestyle on my yeah. own children. I just kind of want it. I want it to be easier for them. 
Yeah. Oh, I, I, I get that. It does. It takes so much hustle, so much grit to be in this business, to really build it up to something where you can make a living doing it. It, it, it requires, uh, you know, having your hand in a lot of different things and constantly being at it. It is not like showing up and punching a card every day, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. and you have to have, out. you have to have the right personality too. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're kind of a shy person, maybe not the right business, you know, you have to be able, I have, stories about meeting uh tour managers on an airplane before and me being like hi you know and how are you you know just continually networking and and if you're kind of like one of those people that doesn't want to send an email like oh i don't know i want to want to bother them yeah it's not the right business for you and one of my daughters is very shy like that yeah. she's she's not the one of the ones that's going to run up on the playground and make friends Mm -hmm. You know, and you have to be kind of like that in this business. Like, yeah. hi, I want to be your friend. I want to be your singer. Hey, do you need a singer? I can play guitar too, whatever you want. I can just, I'll, I'll play piano. It doesn't make a difference. I can do backgrounds. You want to be an alto? You want a soprano? What I'm here. Yeah. You know, like that's kind of how you have to be. And yeah. anyway. Always on for sure. Yes. Well, how, um, how did you uh, cultivate music into their lives? Did they just kind of naturally gravitate towards it because you were involved in it or were you intentional about incorporating it into their lives with singing or piano? Um, I, I staged mom them a little bit in the beginning, uh, was like, come on, you know, let's, let's hear you sing. Let's hear you sing. You know, and everybody was like, do your kids sing? Do your kids sing? Like, do they sing like you? And, um, and then it was very clear that one of them was, maybe a little bit better than the other one mm -hmm. and had more, uh, more intention with it. Liz, you'd be like, really, she was like more into it, I guess. And, um, they, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't force it. I, I didn't really force it. I just kind of let it unfold naturally. And, you know, they, they want like my younger, my daughter, Matilda, the younger one, she, she wants it, you know, she wants yeah. to audition for stuff and, you know, very much like me, like, I, like, you know, just auditions and I want to, I want to be in this choir and I want to do that. And mm -hmm. Yeah. I know. I always wonder, my daughters are, um, nine and 10 years old and nine or 10 and 11. Oh yeah. Okay. So, you know, you know how it goes, <laughs> but I've always, um, of course I've always hoped that they would be interested in music and I've tried to, expose them to as many things as I can. And I've always given them free reign of the music room. They can sit down and play anything, sing anything they want at any given time. But I've found that any me trying to prompt them to do anything sends yeah. them in the exact opposite direction. So I always try to kind of back off, but I always wonder if I'm doing the right thing with that, because I also see the benefit in, in, I don't want to use the word pushing the kids, but encouraging them and really kind of walking alongside of them in that path. And uh, because, you know, most kids aren't super self-starters. So, you know, yeah, so you were, you were probably like me. I mean, yeah. I think that there's this inherent thing. When I was little, I was like the, the piano was a magnet for me and I went to it yeah. and I wanted to play it and I wanted to sing. And anytime I was alone in my room, I was singing Annie and, you know, just mm -hmm. singing nonstop. And my, both of my daughter, neither one of them are really into it. Like I was like, I, mm -hmm. my mom, they knew when I was a little, a little girl, they're like, oh, she's, you know, mine aren't exactly, you know, drawn to the piano. Although the other, the other day, Matilda went 
and was like writing. I went into her room and I was like, what are you doing? She was like, I'm writing a song. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. You know? So I don't know how you were as a kid, but it was very clear to my parents. Like, oh, okay. This is what she's going to. It was obnoxious, obnoxiously clear that yeah. that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, we it was like, this is our gift. This is, well, this is what she's going to do. But yeah, it was also as a kid, like going to college, high school. It was like you know you had friends that were like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Mm-hmm. It was like we knew what we were gonna do. This yeah. we're gonna be scarce. This is this is it. Yeah, very true. Yeah, and I think I I think for me too, it had a lot to do with the fact that no one else in my family was involved in music in any anyway, my grandmother was a professional singer, but, but I didn't even live in the same state as her. So I didn't have her constant, you know, influence on me. And I think that I just, I think I was drawn to it so much because I, it was something that was unique for me that no one was telling me to be, this was my special thing that nobody else in the family had. So I think it was kind of a, just a natural draw towards it, but yeah. Yeah. So why don't you walk us back to the beginning for you and how you got your start in music? And if you're, did you come from a musical family? So no, uh, not sure, actually. Um, my Not to get like two in the weeds with my history of my family. My mm-hmm. mother is, not, she, she can sort of sing. probably watching right now um she's not like a singer singer she's very artistic though she was a set decorator in the film business great at decorating and furniture and like cool like super cool very artistic she can draw she can paint i can't do any of that um my dad my father uh he came from he was born in germany his family came from they they everybody perished in uh, the Holocaust mm. on my dad's side of the family. And apparently there was a cantor that was a, a singer. I don't know why I'm playing with this rubber band. Um, <laughs> there was a cantor. So that's all I know about any kind of musical history in my genetic background was that there was a cant- a, a, a grandfather potentially of mine that was a cantor, although I don't mm. know how to find that and, you know, how yeah. to be sure that my dad uh dabbled on the guitar but he was also very artistic though he was a prop master so he worked in the film tv business as well i grew up in los angeles um and they met on the back lot of universal studios Mm. working on wkrp in cincinnati and nice they were were super they're super art my dad was a great artist like Uh this kind of artist as well which again i can't like I could be like, dad, draw a monkey on a motorcycle. And he'd be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Mine would be like a stick figure with circles or something. I just can't do it. But um, I don't know. We don't really know. My mom bought a piano in the 80s and stuck it in the living room. And I went to it and started mm-hmm. playing it. And I would, I figured out chords. And then she started to give me some piano lessons. And I figured out more things. And I'd go, look, I look at this. Is that commercial? And I would you know, figure out Debbie Gibson songs and I'm aging myself, Tiffany stuff, you know, whatever. And I would play things. And then, um, I begged her to have me go audition for, um, Kids Incorporated and the Mickey Mouse stuff. (laughs) I really wanted to be singing like whatever it was, a kid actor, kid singer. So I started to audition for things and I was doing shows in 
school, choir in elementary school, choir in high school, shows in high school, musical theater. And it felt like the natural progression for me was to follow the musical theater route, mm -hmm. singing, performing. Um, and so I went to college, went to Emerson College for musical theater. Um, I have a BFA in, in voice. And uh, from there, uh, I'm trying to think that, that, you know, growing up in Los Angeles, I had opportunities mm -hmm. that not every kid gets. I sang on some films when I was a kid in, in choir. So I, I did do some session work. I got my SAG card when I was uh, in high school mm -hmm. from doing film work, singing on films. Um, and then when, when I was in college, I actually ended up getting, I had, because I was already in SAG, I got some extra work. I remember working on, a, I was in Boston and working on a couple films because I had a SAG card, but I was young. So um, I'm trying to think. Anyway, went to college, uh, got a record deal in Boston with my own music. Wow. And was, then I was like, okay, I'm going to be Tiffany or Alanis Morissette mm -hmm. or you know, that kind of thing. Yes. Um, moved to New York to follow that dream. The, the Broadway and the record deal thing were kind of like my two secrets that I didn't tell each other about, like two best friends that didn't know about each other. Okay. So I was like, oh, I can sing this musical theater stuff and like super vibrato, whatever, jazz hands. And then over here, I had this record deal with MCA and I was like, oh, I'm like you know, angsty girl writing about you know, playing guitar and doing, I, I was writing about, you know, unrequited love. Yeah. That kind of thing. But I didn't tell the two worlds about each other because yeah. that's just not cool. Like it's not cool to, to, you know, whatever. So I was definitely um, following both paths to see which one would hit first. Mm -hmm. And randomly I ended up, I was auditioning. This is, this is New York. This is Broadway. I was auditioning for Broadway <laughs> for a show got a job singing backup for Harry Belafonte. That's a long story how I, the, the three-day process of auditioning, but I got the job and then I started becoming a backup singer. I finally did some Broadway stuff too, but um, mm -hmm. the world of, of backup singing was like, you know, a melting of my, my music theory and uh, being able to come up with harmonies and performing because I was on stage and I was dancing in this big red dress. You know, and we, mm -hmm. I was 21, 20 when I got hired. Oh no, 21 when I got hired by Harry. And I ended up touring with him for 10 years. Wow. And in, then intermittently, I'm like, how much of my life story do I intermittently I uh, <laughs> started singing backup for uh, Brian Setzer also. Mm -hmm. And uh, then uh, a Cheryl Crow thing happened. Um, the Harry thing was was strong for 10 years. Um, Brian Setzer came in toward the end. I moved back to Los Angeles. That's where I got the Brian Setzer gig. Um, and then Harry eventually retired in 2004. Mm -hmm. And then I was doing Brian. <laughs> and still I'm like a receptionist at a recording studio too, to like, you know, you can, you make money being on the road, but you don't make enough money to pay your bills like consistently. If, if especially if the artist you're out with is like, Two months out of two months and then you're home for three months and then you're, yeah, out for yeah. and then you're home for you know whatever it is we did a lot of one-offs uh -huh. uh, with harry and setzer setzer would be like two weeks and then we'd be back um so i always had like another job and uh, then there was like a lull there was mm -hmm. a big lull for me where i 
uh, had a commercial agent and I'm auditioning for TV. I did American Dreams. I got a job on it on it was an NBC TV show. I played a character named Joanne. She played she played acoustic guitar and sang. And um, I did a handful of episodes on that show. Um, still writing my own music, my label, you know, everything collapsed and MG or not MGM Seagram's bought MCA bought Universal bought blah, 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 blah. And then that, mm -hmm. that disappeared, you know, a lot of heartache with that call back for wicked 18 times called back for rent 22 times. Didn't get it. Didn't get it. You know, it was just like mm -hmm. flying back and forth to you. I mean, my, my career has been sort of just this, which everybody's is. Yeah. You know, so true. Yeah. And you've, you've really come at it from it. It's, it seems like you worked both avenues really hard, the life of a working singer and the life of an artist. And that's hard to pursue both of those, yeah. you know, at once. Um, how do you feel like you balanced the drive between the two of them? You know, did you feel like one took away from the other or? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I would focus on one really hard and then the other one would like take a back seat, you know, but if I wasn't touring, then I would work on my own music mm -hmm. and writing and, you know, just trying to, to make a living doing that. You know, I've, meanwhile, my father passed away. I had to spend mm -hmm. quite a bit of time. He had his own, you know, he was, like I said, he was a prop master. So he, when he died, it was very unexpected. Mm -hmm. And I was left, I was, I'm his only heir basically. So he had no other kids. He wasn't married. And all of a sudden I was like, Whoa. And he had a prop truck and cars and a career and a lifetime of being a prop master. And I had all of this stuff that I had to figure out what to do with. And that was a, that was a full-time job in itself, yeah. which, but it, you know, it allowed me to take some time and just be like, I didn't have to focus on much. I didn't have to focus on me. It was more like healing from that and, and dissolving his you know, what he, his stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, uh, I'm sorry, I was trying to think of what you just asked me. And I was thinking about just the trajectory of like where I was, yeah. you know, everything mm -hmm. all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just based off of like everything that I know, you know, from, from your bio, all of the different avenues that you've been involved in, you know, do you find that you have been very deliberate, making sure that you have different channels of income, different streams of income in any given direction? Or do you feel that you've been pursuing one path harder than another, but it just so happens on the fringe, these other opportunities have come up for you? I think the latter. Yeah. I think that a lot of it is like, I'm working on one thing and then like, like I still, I have a commercial agent still. I still have a manager. I still go on auditions for like stuff that you wouldn't, most of the, my colleagues are like, really? You audition. I auditioned for um, the Angeline biopic. That's that. You know, this was like last year or whatever. And I like read to be her mother, who's from Romania or something. You know, I mean, I I'm still I still I had a, a callback for a commercial, like not singing though, just right. a full on like, hey, I'm a mom and I'm driving a Toyota. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I, I'm I, I think I've always sort of just what and if I get it, great, and if I don't, um, I. It, it does feel like I've been a little scattered 
at mm-hmm. times where I'm just trying to pay the bills. Yeah. Just like, you know, what can I do? And that's like that whole pound the pavement thing, which is quite exhausting. I'll be honest. I've had dark moments mm-hmm. in my life where I'm like, I'm so tired. I'm so tired of, of the like, Hey, you know, just want to say hi and I'm around and you know, mm-hmm. you know, or like, you know, everything seems chill. And then all of a sudden I have an audition tomorrow yeah. at four and I'm like, but um, yeah, I think I probably should have focused more on my own singing career, but mm-hmm. then I would go on tour mm-hmm. and I'd be like, all right, well that pays the bills. So I got to do that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's almost like I didn't have a, I don't have a choice, you know, it's right. like, okay, whatever pays the bills. You can't say no, mm-hmm. you can't. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense to. So a lot of those well, times, like, yeah, you know, it makes sense to do that and to just, you know, when an opportunity presents itself and it seems right. like a good thing to go for it. But I, I know. I, what you, sorry, go ahead. I I, I was going to say I just know what you mean as far as it being like mentally, um, and just energetically exhausting especially not knowing what to expect. You know, a lot of times we just don't know when the next opportunity is going to go, you know, come I still up. Don't and, know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what next month is like, honestly. Right. right. You know, I know, but I know that I have children <laughs> and I know that I have <laughs> I to focus to on raising, raising those <laughs> girls. So it's like, if anything, I can go back and go, okay, well, got to make sure that we get to softball and I need to, I think it's super important at this point in my life to also maintain my own sanity and happiness. And because if I'm not happy, they know I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't want them to grow up and and see this like sad, I didn't get a job last week. And, you know, I don't know, (laughs) just try to, to be positive about stuff and not um, project, you know, that, that meant that like, oh, I don't know what, you know, on them or, you know, don't want them to, to be worried about it. But I do think they think I'm crazy. I think they think mommy is crazy. They hear me during the pandemic singing in here and doing, I sing for, I do kids bop, um, uh-huh. all the, like all the background group vocals for kids bop. And they're, they're just, <laughs> they've just grown up listening to me during the crazy and then voiceover auditions where I'm doing a weird character and you know, and they just are like, my mommy is crazy, <laughs> you know? Um, but anyway, I, yeah. I think it's great that they get to see you though. They know who you are. You get to show them, you know, what you're really driven to do. And I've, I've always kind of, when I first became a mom, I had, my mom guilt was so hardcore because I, I wasn't taking that very traditional path as a mom, you know, where once I had a baby, then I was just settling down and, you know, focusing all my time and attention on motherhood, um, which sometimes I regret, but I think ultimately I just, I just wanted both worlds, you know, I wanted both worlds and I really wanted to raise children who knew who their mom was and, and that they could see, you know, um, a woman, you know, a business person and, you know, see all of those different things that could be possible for them. And so I have no regrets. Yeah. I spent, I did spend a good amount of time just being a mom in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, I stopped, I, I sang, I worked with Miley for, I don't know, five years. And Mm -hmm. then it was, I made a choice to, 
okay, it's now it's time to have kids. I knew I wanted kids. It was time to have kids. And that journey in itself was harrowing, just trying to get a child. So, um, I, I definitely did take some time. I was, I recorded a lullaby record with when I had Matilda, my second daughter, I was pregnant with her and I started singing a little bit, but I, I wasn't even interested in trying to work. We had the restaurants too. So I was mm -hmm. lucky to not have to deal with it or think about work at, for me. Um, and then it like crept back in really mm -hmm. slowly, which was like, oh yeah, I'm a singer. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm not done. I'm not, my journey is not over yet. And I, that's when I segued to, okay, I don't want to tour, but what can I, what can I do? Mm -hmm. And that turned into session singing for me. That was the next journey was like, okay, I want, I need to work in Los Angeles. I need to figure out how to work here and what that, what, what does that look like for me? And is it casuals and, or is it, you know, singing backup for, for people in, in LA and, <clears throat> um, and that in itself was, was a lot of, that took some time too, to yeah. just change my career. You know, I kind of did, I still do backup singing, you know, a little bit, but I really took, did kind of a 180 and mm -hmm. started taking classical voice lessons at oh, yeah. 12 years ago and started really reading music and, you know, going back and taking piano again and learning all my music theory and all, you know, joined a big choir and, did some stuff where I know my husband at the time was like, who are you? Like, <laughs> be a mom. And I was like, no, I can't. It's like, it looks like a itch you need to scratch. Yes. Things. Cause it's who it's inherent. It's like who you are. I've been mm -hmm. doing it since I was two years old. You know, mm -hmm. it just doesn't, it just doesn't go away. Right. Right. And I know that to some onlookers that it, it might seem just like, oh, why don't you relax and just, you know, enjoy motherhood and just kind of be present in that. But to me, just the person I am, and I think it sounds like you and I are very much alike in, in this regard is that like, I didn't feel like I could be the mom I wanted to be if I wasn't doing the other things. I, I don't right. think, I don't think I would have liked the person I was if I had tried to like silence that um, you know, that call to, to continue yeah. doing, I don't, what think I, I, doing. I don't think I did like who I was. I, I, I remember mm -hmm. after my second daughter was born and I went, it was just like a wake up moment of like, I'm not happy. Mm -hmm. I'm not happy with just this, you know? And so that's when I started, um, you know, going back and I learned crazy enough. And I'm, I'm I know I've listened to your podcast. I know you've talked about this with other singers in 2011 or two, yeah, 2011, I, uh, went and got myself a rig, bought myself a microphone and, a, a preamp and a new, new computer and put pro tools on it. And I hired this guy to come and teach me how to use pro tools. And I was like diligent with learning how to, not so I could just sing songs, but for voiceover work. And I really, it was, it became apparent that in order to audition for voiceovers, I had to self-record and I learned how to do it. And thank God I did, because when that pandemic hit, I was like way ahead of yeah. the curve, you know, people were like, Hey, do you know how to self-record? And I was like, I do. As a matter of fact, and you know, and, and, you know, boy, I can't, that would just, Pudo. <laughs> the beginning of the pandemic was just sitting in here and I had kids on zoom and then I'm like trying to record and you know, 
there's a dog parking and I, there's a stop sign right outside of here. And my microphone picks it up all the time because some car will sit and idle and I'll be like, or the gardener will show up or a plane or anyway, I don't miss, (laughs) I don't miss any of that. Yeah. That was pandemic life was, uh, it was, it was something, it was something else. Sorry. I segued back to my PTSD of airplanes (laughs) and dog barking. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, I'm thinking about just the the big picture of your career, how many avenues you've gone down. It seems like in any given one of them, you know, you've had some really big opportunities, you know, um, and it sounds like you had, you know, great foundation being an LA native, having um, parents who were already in the entertainment industry. Um, But as you said in the beginning, when we were talking about not wanting your kids to follow in your footsteps, right. it takes it's a certain personality. Like, what do you think it is about you? What are the characteristics that you have that have enabled you to keep keep the funnel of work coming in and to keep your spirit and your drive alive to, you know, just to continue bringing in the work and, and kind of, um, you know, finding the opportunities. I think there's a part of me that I definitely am driven. I know that, um, I know I, I, I had a a healthy set. I have a, I'm super insecure, I think, which a lot of us are, but then I have a healthy sense of ego too. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't even know how that, that, works or how they coalesce, but that's, that's me. Um, I I don't want to say that I couldn't take no, because I definitely could take no, but I knew how to kind of like brush myself off and get back up again. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like, uh, and I'm just making this up on the spot. It's sort of like you have different kinds of people when you've got one person and they're walking down the street and they trip, right? You trip on something and some people are embarrassed, right? And they're like, Oh, and they're embarrassed by it. And, you know, me, and then obviously, you know, we usually keep going. Right. But like some people like me, if I trip, I kind of laugh. It's like, Oh, you know, <laughs> oh, oh, I tripped, you know, and then I keep going or whatever. And maybe some people tr- trip and fall and, you know, like ruined their day or, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of making this analogy up, but I'm definitely just a, okay. You know, moving on. And um, it's given me, uh, the ability to, um, keep, keep trying, you know, like I, um, somebody once told me that I was like a a combat fighter, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm just always ready to go, you know, which can also hurts. It's the same thing about how I was saying how I'm kind of exhausted at this point in my life. I'm a little bit like, Oh, I just want to take off my boxing gloves for a while. Yeah. I'm always like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Mm-hmm. You know, what are we going to do next? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've always, I've, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's like the unstoppable singer, you know, mm-hmm. it just, it just always had, uh, I also, I feel like I, do, I never had a choice. Like there was, I'm really bad at math. So mm-hmm. like that's, and that's not going to happen for me. Um, customer service, <laughs> not so great. I owned a restaurant and got Yelp, Yelp reviews about the, the owner that was, you know, not very nice. Like I had one guy come into the restaurant he's super hangry guy and looking at his watch and was clearly, he had 10 minutes, right. That he wanted uh-huh. food. We had just opened 
the, at the, there was like food, we had a fax machine, people were faxing in their orders and the phone was ringing and I had a line of people and I'm there and I'm like, hi, how can I, just one second, I'll be right with you, okay? And then I answered the phone and I'm like, hi, sweet soul, how can I help you? And I put this order in, you know, then I've got a fax. And this guy was like, you just took a phone order before me, which mm -hmm. means that this, this, which means that their food's gonna get made before my food's gonna get made. And I'm actually here in person. And I was like, I'm so sorry, sir. You know, I'm, I'm doing the best that I can. But if you need a sandwich in a jiffy, you should go down to Subway. It's like mm. a couple blocks that way because <laughs> I, I can't, you know, I, I I only have so many whatever. And that was just not the right thing to say to him anyway. But, um, but anyway, uh, long story short, I'm, you know, yeah. I just, uh, I just don't think I had a choice except singing. That's it. I'm just going to yeah. sing. Yeah. That's what I do uh, best. Well, and I'm sure, you know, maybe that like personality trait maybe didn't like work awesome in the moment in a restaurant setting, but I could see how it would like in the music business, <laughs> you know, that right. sometimes you just, you just don't have time. You don't have, you don't have the time or energy to deal with <laughs> certain instances like that. But, um, I okay. love that you pointed out and gave that analogy of, you know, you just kind of walking a little more like lighthearted through life, you know, tripping, laughing and, and picking yourself back up again, kind of like just not taking things too seriously and not taking things um, too personally, I guess. And, and I think that that's a really strong quality to have in this business because it's so personal. You know, what we do is like our body is our instrument and and, you know, and, and especially if you're, you know, being creative, writing songs and everything, it can be soul crushing, you know, some of the rejection yeah. that you feel, but if you can, if you're very resilient and can kind of easily shake things off, it seems like a really strong quality to have. I think the idea of giving up, it just wasn't an option too. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. I, had, I had friends in college that went on and we were all on the same path at one point. We all wanted mm -hmm. to go to Broadway. And then one by one, everybody started to drop off. And yeah. now this one is, does real estate. And that one's a teacher, and which is totally respectable. And that one is a stage manager. And that guy's in casting. And that guy's a producer. And that guy is, a, in, I mean, I, whatever. And I, oh, I just, it, it resonates with me. Like, wow, they quit. And they quit. And they quit. And they quit. And then I was like, I'm not a quitter. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to quit. You know? Yeah. I might not get be the star and because that's what I really wanted. I, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to quit. I'm not giving up on, you know, and maybe I'm a fool in, in the, in the whole scenario and may, you know, they're, they're laughing their way to the bank, you know, like, you know, oh, I've got a 401k, and, you know, <laughs> right. whatever it is. And I'm like, <sighs> trying to just, you know, pay my bills every month, but I'm ha I'm doing, I'm doing what I feel like I was put here to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a healthy way or a, kind of a healthy weight to carry is that idea of like, um, yeah, there's not really a whole lot of other alternatives here because I, I think sometimes when you, you know, decide that this is going to be your career path, you kind of have to go all in on it. And once you do, I I don't think there's much turning back from that because once you've experienced the the joy and the gratification of having a career in something you're like deeply passionate about and just, you know, everything that comes with that, the idea of like, 
going and becoming a CPA or something like I can't, I can't stomach that at all. And I know that so many of us kind of had to grapple with that during COVID because oh, for sure, nobody knew what was going to happen. Nobody knew what opportunities were going to even look like when things go back. And I, I have a lot of um, friends who really had to make some just heartbreaking decisions, you know, around that. But, you know, um, I filled out a a job application during COVID to be, uh, to work at a testing site Mm -hmm. just because I thought, well, you know what, I need work. And if I'm going to be one of those people that's like, that way, or can I check your ID? Or I don't know if it was a vaccination site or it was a test. A, I don't, I don't remember. It was just like a California, you know, and I got emails that were like, show up on Tuesday, you know, nine bucks an hour or this, you know, if you want. And I, and I like thought, okay, well, this might be it. You know, I thought about going to nursing school at one point because I thought about how um, incredible our, 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 you know, medical professional, what am I trying to say it the right way? Like all of our medical professionals that gave so much of their time, I thought maybe I should do something more admirable with my life mm-hmm. and just you know, singing like entertainment. <laughs> and then I thought about cantorial school. I've, I've always thought about going to cantorial school. I definitely did a lot of that soul searching, like, you know, and then I went, okay, I just focus on my kids. You know, that's, that's mm-hmm. admirable in itself. Just raise your kids. Well, get them through this. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I did a lot of bread making too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seems like a lot of people did a lot of bread. I, I, I never, you did any loaves of bread. during. The- <laughs> okay, well, I made like two loaves of bread, a lot of banana bread. Like roasted a lot of chickens. Yes. <laughs> no, I think we all upped our cooking game, like uh, a good 25% at least throughout yeah. the pandemic. <laughs> I was, but I was definitely trying to figure out well, what am I going to do? You know, what should yeah. I, what can I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. I definitely, so many people, um, had to, had to make those, you know, really tough decisions, but, uh, I think it also really separated those that have come from a very abundance mindset versus scarcity mindset. Because I think if you were coming, if you, if you've just always naturally had that abundance mindset ingrained in you, you always had that belief underneath that things are going to be fine. Ultimately, yes, this sucks. And, you know, I might have to do some, you know, strange work that I'm not accustomed to doing or think outside the box here. But like, you always had that belief that, you know, things will be okay. You know, eventually it'll, it'll, it'll work itself out, but yeah, you know, but to come from the opposite side of that, um, I know, you know, had to be very difficult, but it is, uh, I think there's a drastically different outcome, um, whether you're looking through one lens or the other, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I thought anything was going to be okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I kind of, off the off the record, uh, secretly enjoyed it in the beginning. Oh yeah, great <laughs> right, to be home. My husband was sleeping. You know, we were like he built a fence. You know, all this stuff, all mm-hmm. all the the to do list stuff was getting marked off. So that was that was great. And I was like mm-hmm. with my kids. I was like, oh good, you guys don't have to go to school. I don't have to wake up at seven six thirty to get you to school in the morning. So there were a lot of a lot of things that I kind of enjoyed about it. Yeah. 
Um, but I don't know if I, if I was that optimistic, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know if I even thought about the future. I did read, you know, you read these articles that are like three years. I was like, no way. Yeah. Yeah. Here we are. Right. <laughs> yeah. Although it does feel like we're kind of coming to an end. Things feel like they're like, I had a session the other day. They didn't do any COVID testing at all. Mm -hmm. It's great. You know, we walk in, nobody had a mask on. It was like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I know it does feel like it's, it's faded out in uh, a lot of ways. I mean, cause even appointments that we take now places we go, if they do require a mask, I'm like, I don't even know. Do we even have them anymore? I don't right. know where to find them. <laughs> My purse maybe. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's a good thing. Do you feel like at this point work has fully come back for you, rebounded for you, or do you think it's kind yeah. of still at a different pace? No, it's, 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 I mean, not for me specifically, but, um, my husband is a con vocal contractor and it's for him, it's returned with the vengeance. Yeah. You know, anything that was put on hold during the pandemic is now not on hold. Yeah. And so it's just, and that was last year for him too. It was just, everybody was like, let's do this. Yeah. Um, and I'm not, I don't think I've self-recorded anything in a real, in maybe six months. Mm -hmm. I haven't done anything in here besides like some voiceover stuff. Um, yeah, no, it feels, it feels quite back to normal. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's great. It's a little bit of testing yeah. ahead of time, but, um, the touring situation is not great mm -hmm. in, in regard to being a backup singer. Uh, from what I know about tours, everything is still at a premium. Tour buses are still more expensive. Mm -hmm. um, the hotels are more expensive now. It's just harder for an artist to tour. Mm -hmm. So that's an issue. And they, you know, they're therefore getting offered less money as a performer. Like we, it costs us so much money to tour right now. So we can only pay you this. Mm. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And you know, I got paid this in, in 2019. So yeah. now you want to pay me less. Mm -hmm. Um, so like things like that are not great, but, um, we'll see, we'll see how it pans out. Yeah, definitely. Well, do you have anything, uh, coming up that you'd like to share any projects that you're working on right now? Um, I don't have anything coming up. I'm, I know. I mean, I have, um, I, I'm, I'm trying to think that's such a good question. I'm not really, I'm, I'm like, I'm just working on, on my stuff. I've been working on music theory. I'm taking piano lessons right now and mm -hmm. I'm back, I'm back working on, on, um, just like I, I started working, I have a new writing partner. So I'm writing songs with somebody again and we're going to, you know, I'm thinking about maybe doing a show. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Um, nothing, nothing like super crazy to promote. No, I don't yeah. really have anything right now. I'm hoping that she and him wants to go on tour uh, again for the, for Christmas. We usually do a Christmassy tour and, mm -hmm. but it's only, it's February today. So. <laughs> Who yeah. knows? I don't know. We have some time. Um, no, I don't really. I nothing that I that is set in stone that I could. You know, there's a couple things that might happen that I'm, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's okay. I just popped your um, links into the comments. Uh, is that where everyone can go to check out more about you? Is that where you'd like to send yeah. them to hear your music? 
Um, yeah. Where, where am I looking? Sarah man, Instagram, sarahman.com. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Thank so you. great. It's been awesome talking to you, just hearing about your journey. I just, um, I'm just in awe of, you know, how you've, uh, just, I don't know, your grit, your drive and your determination. It's really, it's, it's, it's so inspiring to me to hear. You're so sweet. You know, I, again, I still, I, I do feel like I'm at this, a little bit of a point in my life where I'm like, I gotta take off the boxing gloves. You've earned it. Yeah. <laughs> You've earned it. I mean, I'm not like, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. But you're also in a really, I mean, this, the age that your kids, are they both girls? Yeah. Yeah. So they're, you know, at that age, they're entering a whole new chapter of life, which totally. requires different they need, levels. They need mom. They need mom yeah. time. They crave mommy time. They want it. And, you know, now they split their time between me and their dad. So mm -hmm. when I do have them, which is half of the time, it's, it's super important to me mm -hmm. that I give them undivided attention. And, um, and that's a big choice. So I've had friends be like, let's go out on a Friday night. And I'm like, unless I have work, I'm not going to yeah. go out on a Friday <laughs> night. It's like, sorry, I have my girls. My, if my girls can come, then sure. But otherwise I'm, I'm giving them everything that I've, that I, all my extra. And unfortunately we do end up working a lot on Friday nights. Yeah. <laughs> my, um, my custody agreement was not the best smartest for a singer, but it is what it is. So, yeah. um, yeah, thank you. I uh, I've definitely forged forged a career for myself and been all over the place doing all sorts of different kind of kinds of things and had success. Luckily, thankfully, uh, in in these different avenues, um, and I I haven't really quit any of them. I still audition for stuff. I still do voiceovers. I still do session work. I'm still learning my music theory and I'm still taking classical voice lessons and pop voice lessons and I'm still singing backup and I'm just just doing whatever I can to stay relevant and happy and feed that part of me that, uh, that uh, you know, that's the, the unstoppable singer, right? That it, I was just going to say that very thing. You're an unstoppable singer. Not, mm -hmm. And and I think that that embodies everything from the music and, and the personal, I mean, your mom, uh, it, it just, it fuels all those things. So um, I'll, I'll leave it with a final question of what is it that makes you unstoppable? Uh, what makes me unstoppable? Eight hours of sleep. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I really like eight hours. If I can get it, eight hours of sleep is fuel for me. Um, what makes me unstoppable? Uh, I guess that feeling that you get when you are performing, it's that sort of out of body, even at an audition, that, um, that enigmatic mm -hmm. sort of you know, what that, what that feeling is when you, when you do get the chance to put, you know, the opportunity and the practice, or I, I don't know what the saying is, you know what I'm trying to say when like opportunity yeah. meets blah, 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 or whatever, yeah. but when, <laughs> when all yeah. of that comes together and, and you find yourself and you're like, I'm performing, I'm doing it. I'm out yeah. on stage. And it's like, it's like the drug that you can't get anywhere else. No drug and no alcohol, nothing is going to give you that feeling and that's yeah. that is what makes us keep going i think 
Yeah, there's nothing like it. Nothing at all. Oh, Sarah, thank you so much. This was really fun. Great to get to know you. I hope our paths will cross in person at some point. I do too. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, thanks again for your time. And thanks for everybody who joined us tonight. I hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as I did. Uh, I'll be back here next Wednesday with another great interview. But for now, we're going to give Sarah the rest of her night back and say goodbye for now. Thanks again. Thanks so much for joining us. If you love this conversation as much as I did and would like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. To stay up to date with The Unstoppable Singer and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow me on Instagram at Unstoppable Singer. And while you're there, please share this episode on your Instagram stories and tag me at Unstoppable Singer. Once again, I'm Danielle Tucker, a professional singer and vocal coach. I've spent the last 25 years crafting a successful career for myself in the music industry and showing other aspiring singers how to do the same. The world needs your voice now more than ever. So get out there and create an unstoppable career. Thanks so much for joining.